The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so um, like we said, today we are starting a new series um, titled what? Some people don't even want to say it. Titled Pure Sex. So, disclaimer right away. If you are um, below 18, because this is um, purely PG-18 stuff, if you are below 18, we thank you for joining us thus far. We have a place for you. There's a movie going on, a fantastic movie that, that you are going to enjoy. So let's clap for them. As I am below 18, the ushers, can you help us? Okay. Okay. So, okay. so the teenagers are doing a good job already. They've, they've helped us um, achieve that. Now, um, even though the content is, is going to really get more intense from next week. Um, and what I expect is that from, <laughs> from the content of today, those of us that are parents, we can actually take this message and go and sit down with your teenage children. Um, hopefully, there will be, um, everything here can be listened to under parental guidance. You can sit down with them and listen to the content together and start a discussion about about sex, so that we are proactive, because if we don't do it, the world is going to do it. Praise the name of the Lord. And they are going to do a bad job. In fact, they've been doing a bad job ever since. You know? So, so I, want to, I want to recommend that. And I, and I know that I'm, 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 I know I'm speaking to people that are married. I know I'm speaking to people that are single. I mean, I'm, I know I'm speaking to people that are probably divorced or separated or widowed. You know? I understand that we are in different phases of our lives. And the key thing for everyone, single or married, is that your sexuality is a reality you have to deal with. In fact, those of us that are single, we are, um, we are better positioned than those of us that are married. Why? Because uh, blessed are your ears for hearing these things. Praise the name of God. So we're going to jump into it right away. God doesn't seem to be shy about sex. In fact, from the very get-go in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 4 from verse 1, I'm going to read three translations. Genesis chapter 1, 4 verse 1. I'm going to start from the King James Version of the Bible. The Word of God says in the King James Version of the Bible that an Adam knew his wife and she conceived and Bear came and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And when I read this translation, when I first gave my life to Jesus, and I read this translation of the Bible, I'm like, Adam knew his wife. And she conceived. Do you know how? What does new mean? Praise the Lord. And this series is, it is actually a, the season two of Adam and Eve series. We, we, we had season one, I think last year. Season 1, and we said we'll have season 2. This is season 2. So you can say Adam and Eve season 2, pure sex. <laughs> we want to brand it. And Adam knew his wife and she conceived. That when I began to read another translation, then I understood what the Bible meant. If, if you put up the NLT translation of, of, of the Bible, it says, Now Adam had sex with his wife. Now you are talking. Someone looked up immediately and said sex. Adam has sexual relations with his wife, Eve, and she became pregnant. I mean, why would God even put that word in the Bible? The real root word just means sexual relations. The, the, um, <laughs> the voice translation puts it this way. It says, now Adam and Eve discovered the pleasures <laughs> Of lovemaking. It was as if it was a puzzle. And they just stumbled upon, the, upon it. And they discovered the pleasure of, of, of God. And, and many times, sexual relationship, as God will have it, is like, it's like a mystery. It's like a journey. It's like a puzzle. 
that we discover as we go on in our lives. I heard some, some pastor say that the, 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 the reason, do you know why the, the female man is called woman? Do you know why? Should I tell you? I heard it recently. Some people say because a man with a womb. Okay. <laughs> but this pastor puts it this way. This pastor says that when God made Eve and Adam saw Eve, Adam says, Woo, man! <laughs> there you have woo, woman. <laughs> Praise the name of God. So the question is, why is talking about sex so uncomfortable? Why is it so uncomfortable? Among parents, children, among adults, among people in church, why is it so uncomfortable? You know, and I, I began to think that there are several reasons. Number one, it, it's uncomfortable because in many homes that we came out from, sex is a taboo. Talking about sex is a taboo. How many of us here had detailed, consistent relations, um, discussions with our parents about sex? Put up your hand. I can count the hands. And those people were born in the, in the 90s. They are the millennials. Sex, they will flog it out of your mouth. So, so, so and, and, and that's in the homes. And in, 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 in the churches also, you know, the only thing said about sex is no, no, no. It is a sin. It, it is wrong. Premarital sex is wrong, wrong, wrong. That's the only message the church had about sex. Danger zone. Don't go there. And in fact, I know of a church, a church, you could call them Pentecostal churches, because I think they are, that actually say that, that sexual relationship between husband and wife should only be for procreation. That it is only when they want to have children. That when they have sex, outside of that, it, it destroys the sanctification. Meanwhile, the word of God says that the marriage bed is on, is on the file. So sometimes we are holier than God. And, and, and you may be here and you are struggling, probably struggling with this idea of sex or, this, or talking about sex and, and you are comfortable. It could be because you are married and, and that aspect of your marriage is really nothing to write home about. You are like, why, why would I come to church and I will be reminded of this aspect that is as dry as crayfish. Or you may be single. You're like, Pastor, please, don't put us under pressure. Or you're saying, how, how on earth am I supposed to live for God without being intimate? And some of us, we're uncomfortable with this topic because, because our experiences of, of, of sexual relationship has been that of an abused situation. You've been abused where you were raped, for instance. So, even though you are married, you struggle. Even if you are married, you struggle. Or you've been exposed to an adulterated, abused form of sex. Woman on woman. Man on man. You've had homosexual exposures. You will be uncomfortable. But you see, regardless of what is making you uncomfortable, I'm praying for healing for you today. Say amen. In the name of Jesus. And some are uncomfortable because they struggle with addiction. Some people are addicted to pornography. Are addicted to whatever. Comes with everything else that comes with pornography. And like I said, some uncomfortable purely because they feel holier than God. They feel that God should not really talk about this thing. 
because God is holy. So their own definition of holiness is that he's a God that is not interested in that aspect of life. I'm here to tell you, God wants to talk to you about sex. Say to your neighbor, God wants to talk to you, 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 about sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, the ice is breaking. I was in Port Harcourt some time ago. I was on a project for some um, multinational sometimes, some years ago. Ah, how many years ago is that? 14 years ago. 15 years ago. And, I, 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 you know, as, as a consultant, we were in this guest house, and we had some experts, and we, I was in a discussion with some guy that was a Muslim. And I was talking to him about Jesus. Uh, and I was talking to him about Jesus, and we're making progress. He had a lot of questions. I talked to people about Jesus in a non-threatening and confrontational way. Why? Because Jesus loves them. Jesus is a person. And, you know, and the guy was, you know, getting interested and getting interested and getting interested. And at a point, you know, you need to sense that point where you need to ask the guy to give his life to Jesus, right? So I sensed that point was coming. I was about to ask the guy to give his life to Jesus. And the guy said, you know why I can never be a Christian? I said, what? He said, have you read that book, Songs of Solomon? Hey, Songs of Solomon. I said, yes, yeah, in the Bible. He says, how can that be in the Bible? How can the Bible be a holy book? And he's talking about a man sucking the breast of his wife. In the Bible. How? So I lost that soul. <laughs> because, I mean, I couldn't explain it at the time because I was confused myself. <laughs> I was like, how God, how did you put this in the Bible? We are just spoiling my show now. <laughs> the truth is that you cannot be holier than God. Say to your neighbor, you can't be holier than God. You can't be. Songs of Solomon. Let's go straight to Songs of Solomon. You want to go there? Yeah. Sons of Solomon chapter 7, verse 10. For Sons of Solomon 7, 10. He says, I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. Does that sound romantic? Come, my love. Let us go out to the field and spend the night among the wildflowers. Let us get up early and go to the vineyard to see if the grapevines are budded. Which grapevine? If the blossoms have what? Opened. <laughs> and if the pomegranate have bloomed, there I will what? Give you my love. Come on. If you understand poetic nuances, you understand what has blossomed. You understand what has opened. And it's so scandalous that it's like the Bible. Is the Bible encouraging Outdoor sex. Okay, now, don't look at me like that. <laughs> if they are going to the garden, if they are, is that not outdoor? Now, Solomon is rich. He owns his garden. I'm sure you know that. So it's his own. It's not, don't say, Pastor says we should have outdoor sex. Is that what I said? No. That's not what I said. What I'm saying is this. It's simple. Listen to me. God is so unreserved about talking to us about this subject. Why are we so uptight about it? This looks scandalous to me, even if they are married. Why are you going to the garden when you have your bed? Verse 5. No, chapter 5. Now, listen to this. Chapter 5. Song of Solomon, chapter 5 from verse 1. The A part says... I have entered my, my what? It changes the physical and it, and it makes it metaphorical. It switches between the physical garden, the meta When it says, I have entered my garden, do you think it's a physical garden he's talking about? In case you are doubting, he explained, my treasure. In case you are doubting, what garden, treasure, did he enter? My bride. He entered his bride. What's that? It's in the Bible. 
He says, I entered my bride. I gathered the man with my spices. I ate the honeycomb with my honey. I drank the wine with milk. And it makes your imagination begin to go. Now, some of you, you need to get your minds out of the gutter, you know. <laughs> I'll focus on the word of God here. <laughs> and guess what? The B part, you know, advises us all and daughters of Jerusalem. He advises us all and Jerusalem. He says, oh, lover, beloved, do what? Eat and drink. He says, yes, eat deeply of your, of your love. So, God never intended for us to be uncomfortable about sex. God never intended for us to be uncomfortable about sex. And this morning, as we said before, God wants to talk to you about sex. You. Yes, you. God wants to talk to you about sex. So sex is God's idea. Sex is God's idea. If you, I'll ask them to put up an image on screen of three creatures of God. That's a salmon fish. That's a frog. That's what? Flowering plants, a flower. You know what this Three things have in common. These three creatures of God have in common. These three creatures can reproduce without sexual intercourse. So, God, if God was just about reproduction, God could just make us like flowers. That wind will just blow. A man sitting beside you will just sneeze. Achoo! And you will just say, oh God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> God can make our, 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 our reproduction like pollination. Couldn't he? But did he? He didn't. He could make us like the fish, the salmon fish. What they do is that they, they, they release their eggs and their eggs begin to float. Then they go away, then the male comes and releases the sperm, and the sperm floats and fertilizes the egg, and their life continues, and they are reproducing. So, so, so why would God not make us like the salmon or like the frog? The frog, even though the male climbs upon, on, on top of the female, is for punishment. Because nothing is happening but the woman, the female, still releases her egg and the male releases the sperm. That is all. And she has to carry his weight. Imagine if you have to carry your husband. <laughs> it's just punishment. My point is this. God is big on our enjoyment as human beings. Think about it. Do you really need taste buds? To enjoy, to eat your food. Do you need, really need to taste your food to, to eat the food? No. There are some people they can't taste, they can't smell, but they can eat, and the food will still nourish you. So why would God design your tongue to have taste buds so that you can taste the food? Why? So that you can what? Enjoy the food. Eating does not have to be enjoyable. Reproduction does not have to be enjoyable. So God created sex deliberately for it to be enjoyable. So if, if, you, are, if you are married and you are having sex and it's not enjoyable, it's not God's will. Why? God is big on making life enjoyable for us, is big on it. First Timothy 6.17, we, we, we read this when we were talking about money. It also applies in this case. First Timothy 6.17, it says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be 
in God who richly gives us how many things? All things, all we need for what? For what purpose? For our enjoyment. Unfortunately, we, and you see, I'm telling you this because I've had to struggle with this. My, my, the first few times, my first few months of marriage, I think it even lasted for up to a year. I always feel dirty. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise up your hand, but I know some of you are going through the same thing. I used to feel bad for making love with my wife because this has been wired into me that I am holy. So, I, so afterwards, I, was, I feel bad. When I was 13 years ago, it's gone. <laughs> I don't feel bad no more. The point is this. If you don't believe and know that God wants it to be enjoyable, you will bite the bait, the lie. That is just a duty. You know, there's some women that say, I'm just doing my marital obligation. That is just a responsibility. No, 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 no. So God's way is always pleasurable. But guess what? God's way is always pure also. And, and that's where the problem comes for a lot of us. We want the pleasure without the purity. God's way is always pure and what? Pleasurable. Everybody say pure and pleasurable. God's way is always pure and pleasurable. Sex is never only about pleasure. I'm going to show you. I'm going to explain to you why. Sex is never only about pleasure. Never only about pleasure. Never only about pleasure. You know, the, the world says to us that it's, it's, sex is like the commodity. If, if you want to get married to, if you want to, if you want to buy a shoe, are you not going to try out the shoe? If you, want to, if you want to buy a car, are you not going to go on a test drive? So why would you want to marry someone without testing them out and see if you are sexually compatible? It's a big lie. They want to reduce you to a commodity. Thank you, my sister. If you are the only one clapping, I know Jesus is happy. <laughs> they want to reduce you to a commodity. They say, how can you? How can, does it make sense? How can you buy a shirt without trying it out? I'm not a shirt. I'm not a shirt. I'm a child of God. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And... and we, we have to understand that the world wants to make sex about pleasure only. But sex is never only about pleasure. Sex, God's way, is about purity and pleasure. Sex, God's way, is always pure and pleasurable. So, like I said, if you are married and you are having sex that is pure and is not pleasurable, it's not God's way. And if you're having sex that is pleasurable and it's not pure, it's still not God's way. God's way is what? Pure and pleasurable. Some people say, oh, it's just, it's just the physical, it's just the biology. It's just, it's just the physical interaction and biology sex. Listen, there's more to sex than physical. In fact, sex is not just about Urge and biology. No, 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 no. Some say, if you feel like it, do it. Sorry. That is what animals do. Animals do things instinctively. That is a dog. Very often, like back in the bats. But you are a child of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So, sex is not just about urge and biology. In fact, it's also about chemistry. Soul chemistry. Spiritual chemistry. Sex 
It's about chemistry. You've heard what they call a soul tie. You've heard what they call spiritual entanglement. I mean, right? We've done spiritual entanglement here, right? Spiritual. Some people are, some people, some people are married today. They are married to, to Jacob, but they are spiritually entangled to Matthew. True life story, but not true names. They are with their husband, Jacob. They are making love, and she's shouting, Oh, Matthew! Even the speakers are rebelling. <laughs> and that's not right. <laughs> so, so they are with, with Jacob, and they are shouting, Oh, Matthew, oh, Matthew, you are so sweet. Oh, so sorry, sorry, Jacob. And Jacob says, Who is Matthew? Say, no, no, don't worry. This is the first book of the Bible, New Testament. <laughs> first book of the New Testament. <laughs> and, and that is why, listen, that is why some people are not sexually fulfilled maritally. Because they thought that they just had a physical, biological interaction with Matthew. Not knowing that there's a, there's a soul chemistry that has gone on. There's a spiritual chemistry that has gone on with Matthew. And so, which is why if you're single, you're, you're rightly positioned. Why? Because now is the time to deal with the entanglement. For those of us that are married, if you have to deal with it, married is more difficult. And it's more messy, but it's possible. Let me show you how this works. This is Lucy. Lucy, say hi to the church. Hi. This is Matthew. Matthew, go ahead and say hi to the church. Hi, church. So Lucy meets Matthew. And Matthew says, hi, baby. Lucy says, hi. Matthew says, now I know you are the cute in persecution. <laughs> Lucy begins to blush. Then Matthew goes a little rats and says, Lucy, you are the only cockroach in my cupboard. Only sugar in my tea. By this time, Lucy is melting, right? And Matthew says, Lucy, we need to take this relationship to the next level. Lucy says, oh. Matthew says, you're not a small girl now. <laughs> you understand these things? Ah, Lucy says, I'm born again, no. Just a kiss. Okay, kiss won't hurt. Mm. Ah. Ah, they survived the kiss, right? No problem. And Matthew says, after a while, Lucy, you don't love me. He says, but you know I love you with all my heart. He says, no, you don't love me. Love me, you will what? You won't keep anything away from me. You know, there's nothing on earth, on heaven, in heaven, on earth, in, even in hell, <laughs> that I can keep away from you, Matthew. Are you sure? Are you sure? You know, I love you now. Then you know what I want. And Lucy thinks, after all, we're going to get married. Right? Okay, just one, so. Just to show you my love. Just once. Okay? Then, let me show you what happens in sex. They are what? Two has become. Then, Lucy has a quick shower, 
Matthew has a picture. They dress up. And they think they are clean. But guess what? What's happened? Lucy is carrying Matthew. Matthew is carrying. On the soul level, Lucy and Matthew have become entangled. On the spiritual level, Lucy and Matthew have become what? Entangled. So, every demon that has access to Matthew now has access to every cost that Matthew has been struggling with. Lucy now has to consider dealing with those curses. Oh, and vice versa. Some people say women have more curses. I don't know. They have more demons. I don't know. Every demon Lucy has been carrying, Matthew has... Now, Jesus says in Matthew 19, verse 4, that haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them what? Male and female. And he said, this explains why a man will leave his what? Father and and be joined to his, and the two are united into, in fact, that translation says, the two becomes one flesh. And the only time two people becomes one flesh is during sexual intercourse. So the two becomes one. Now, things don't happen, didn't go well for Matthew and Lucy. Lucy is heartbroken. I trusted this bastard. Now he's gotten what he wants and he's moved on, right? So Matthew goes and continues with life. Then Lucy meets Jacob. And Jacob says, Hi, Lucy. Lucy now says, All of you men, you are the same. What you want is what you want. Long story short. Lucy and Matthew begin to have sex. Then, Jacob, though has never met Matthew, is carrying Matthew. Now Lucy is carrying who? Matthew and Jacob. Now, if Jacob had had other sexual interactions, then there is also what? An entanglement. So you don't have people that are confused about their sexuality. They are totally confused. Why? Because there is an entanglement. There's a fragmentation that has happened to these souls on a spiritual level. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is why the devil does everything to make single people have sex. That's why he does everything. Why? Because he just wants to spoil the life. He just wants to mess up the life. He just wants to make it confused. He just wants to mess you up on your soul level. Why? He does his best to do that. And guess what? He also does his best to keep married people from having sex. And having it with other people. The devil is a bad devil. Why am I having so much pressure as a single person to have sex? It's simple. The devil wants to mess you up like Lucy. Why am I having so much pressure 
as a married person. Now, I, I got married thinking, oh, I'm going to have all the sex in life, right? Then I got married and nothing is happening. And I'm just tempted to, to sleep with this. There's this beautiful girl at the office that, you know, no strings attached. Really, no strings attached. President of the Lord. So, the, the, the whole thing is orchestrated to confuse us. But you see, thank God, the word of God says, if a man is in Christ, is what? Is a new creation. All things are what? And all things have become? So question, pastor, how come these old things have refused to go away? I'm going to explain to you shortly. But I, 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 was, I was, I've attended the, um, the pastor's meeting where the leader was saying to the pastors that he was trying to discourage them from having um, extramarital affairs. And he was, <laughs> it sounded funny and ridiculous to me, though. And he was saying, his strategy was this. He was saying that there is nothing in sex. That sex is rubbish. There's nothing in sex in my mind. It's a lie, yo. The thing is sweet, though. I mean, how can you tell grown-up men that there's nothing in sex? And it goes on to say, I, don't let me say it. Anyway. <laughs> I said, it's my, how can you say that? It's only a fool that will say that, really, or that will believe that. You know why? The Bible says, stolen water is sweet. Extramarital appears, appears to be sweeter than, than the one you have in the house. That's what the Bible says. But the Bible didn't end there. The Bible says that afterwards it what? Can you put up that scripture? Proverbs 20, 17. It says, stolen water is sweet. Stolen bread tastes sweet. But afterwards, the mouth will be filled with gravel. That's what the Bible says. Afterward, the soul will be fragmented and confused. So it's not that it's not sweet. It's that it will destroy you. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and that, that's the problem. And many of us, we need to realize that and we need to know that. And we should stop deceiving ourselves. I mean, that's, oh, okay, there's nothing in it. There's nothing. God did not say there's nothing in it. God is saying, Release your body as a living sacrifice for me. God is saying, sacrifice that part of your life for me. It won't be a sacrifice if there's nothing to it. God is saying, let go of that part of your life for me. Why? Because the truth remains that everyone that is addicted to sex or struggling for some form of sexual addiction, whatever shape or form, at the deepest level, the person is actually hungry for God. At the deepest level. Some, some guy says, his name is G.K. Chesterton. He says that every man who knocks on the door of a brothel seeking for a prostitute is really looking for God. Every man who knocks on the door of a brothel seeking for a prostitute is really looking for God. Every time you click on that link, 
you are really looking for God. Praise the name of the Lord. Every time, every time you open that magazine, you are really looking for who? For God. And that's the cry. Every time you, 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 you expose yourself to an abuse or, or a sexual immorality, form of immorality, you are really, really looking for God. Interesting. So God is the only one that can feel this longing in our hearts. He's the only one that can. He is. And he has put, as far as sexual, sexual interaction is concerned, he has put us in marriages. He's put marriages in place. Even if you are single, I'm praying today that you will get married. In Jesus' name. Oh yes, you will. But let me tell you something. Marriage does not solve sexual temptation. The first time I said that, a lady came to me after service and said, Pastor, you just, just paused my day. I said, so why, why, why do you say that? Did you enjoy the word? He said, exactly. You said that marriage does not cure sexual temptation and sexual perverseness. I said, exactly, it doesn't. And she said, I've been waiting just to get married so that all these temptations can go. So marriage will help if you are a content person. But marriage will not cure sexual addiction. There's something deeper you need to resolve. And I pray that resolution begins today in the mighty name of Jesus. It won't. And every married person here can, can attest to that. Am I correct? It doesn't. But research shows us that the best sex is being had by married people. Research shows us that the best sex is being had by married people. And that, that is just interesting. The best sex is being had by married people. In fact, there's a research by University of Chicago. And, 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 and the conclusion of that research is that women who are married and consider themselves to be Christian, that's how they put it, they consider themselves to be Christians, recorded the highest level of sexual satisfaction. So they did an, a survey. The teenagers are sexually active, singles are sexually active, they did um, homosexuals, lesbians, all of them. And their conclusions was, among, um, sorry, lesbians, among women. And their conclusion was that it is the women that are consider themselves Christians and are married that are most sexually fulfilled. Doesn't that go contrary to what the media is telling us? Doesn't that just go contrary to what the media is telling us? The media is trying to tell us that they're having the best sex. Praise the Lord. That's what the media is trying to tell us, that they're having the best sex. And they did a research and they found out that, uh -uh, these guys are going to church, it's like they're doing something new. They discovered that the best sex is happening between married people that are faithful to each other. Why? Because of fragmentation. They don't know this. Because this person has slept with this person, has slept with this person. By the time they're meeting with this person, they are confused. Some need to take drugs to get aroused. Some need to have some form of toy. Some need to do all sorts of things. Why? Because they are trying to suppress The entanglement. The entanglement. God wants sex to be pure and come on. God wants sex to be pure and pleasurable. He really does. But the problem comes when we put the things we are to enjoy before the God that gave us to enjoy. You know, 1 Timothy 6, 17, 
I think we read it earlier on. It says that you should, you should, that we should put our trust in God who richly gives us what? All things to enjoy for our enjoyment. But the problem always comes when we put the things we are to enjoy before the God that gave us to be for the enjoyment. You will have a problem with sexual fulfillment when you put sexual pleasure before God. You're going to have a problem. When you put sexual pleasure before purity. When you say, oh, okay, but I'm, I'm pastor, but what if it's the person I'm still just going to get married to? And is the one that I'm only one I'm sleeping with and is my first. That means that since we are um, yellow and red, if I break this into two, red and blue, sorry. If I break this into two, male, female, since we are red and blue and we are sleeping with each other, we can continue to sleep with each other until we get married and we'll continue to be red and blue forever. The big lie. Let me explain why it's a big lie. You see, when you come to wed, do you know why the, 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 the bride wears white? I mean, they've changed it these days. But do you know why they call it the white wedding? Because white represents purity. So, let's say the man has had his issue. You've had your issues, but you've decided to live for God, Right? You now say, okay, since we're going to get married, let's just begin to play with each other and you begin to sleep with each other, we're going to get married. What's going to happen is that by the time you come and you are being joined, heaven is not breathing on it. Why? Because it is two people that are in church. Now, listen to I mean, some people, some, you won't hear this preaching in other churches because some pastors are afraid to tell you these things because they are afraid. Listen, it is not man that blesses. It is heaven that blesses. So if you consistently dishonor heaven, when the time of the blessing comes, what happens? The man will pray. Heaven will say, these people, they're just legalizing their criminality. And some of us have gotten married like that. If you've gotten married like that, Heaven is going to have mercy upon you today. Say amen. Amen. And there's going to be healing and restoration today. If you've not gotten married, set your house in order. Don't say, okay, uh, let me quickly do it. Then I'll go up and meet pastor and heaven will have mercy. It's like, you you, you are going to sin. You know the Old Testament, you know when they want to sin in the Old Testament, you know what they do? They will buy their goats. They will tie their goats outside. They will go and commit fornication. Then they will go and sacrifice the goods. Maybe you are hungry. Who could eat the goods? That's why God said to them, if I were hungry, the cattle upon the thousand hills, they are mine. I'm not hungry. Praise the name of the Lord. So for, for those of us that has walked the road of casual sex and we are struggling to feel forgiving and pure, you see, I'm here to tell you that this is not to condemn you. Definitely not. This is to remind you that you can begin to choose differently from today. This is not to condemn you. This this will remind you that you can begin to choose differently from today. If you are struggling, maybe you are like some of us that before we got married, we've gone through the road of, of casual sex. Listen, Jesus wants to make you pure again. You see, there is virginity and there is purity. While virginity is physically impossible to restore, purity is spiritually possible to restore. So while it is impossible, can somebody come and separate the yellow and the green and the red for me here? Who can do that work? Centrifugal work. Maybe if you spin it, maybe, I don't know, maybe if you take a knife and you are delicate enough, maybe you have cut the person in pieces. It is almost impossible to separate. However, 
when you come, the blood of the Lamb can make you whole again. When you come and you are cleansed in the blood, now, and that is a process. Everybody say a process. The, the blood can make you whole again. So I'm here to remind you that the precious gift of sex, when it is had in the right way, with the right person, at the right time, is truly worth waiting for. It's to remind you that the, the precious gift of sex in the right way with the right person at the right time is truly worth waiting for. But pastor, what if I have been fragmented like, like what's her name again? Like Lucy. There's hope for you today. Oh yes, there's hope for you. There's hope for you. I'm here to remind you that God sees you. That is you, the repentant one. You that you are turning away or you will turn away from, from promiscuity or immorality today. And you will hold on to God. That God sees you as 100% pure. 100% pure. And beautiful. God is not, is not looking at you as, as, as a filthy filthy person. God is looking at you through the precious and the eternal blood of Jesus. That's where that scripture comes in. If a man is in Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away, all things have become what? Become new. I'm to remind you, I'm here to remind you, that God wants to restore you. God wants to restore you. You know Psalm 23 is a, a fantastic um, psalm. It says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. It leads me beside and he restores my soul. So the soul of Lucy that is fragmented, when Lucy makes the Lord a shepherd, the Lord will begin to lead her to green pastures, to feed on the word. We begin to lead her to still waters, to cleanse sin in the spirit. And it will lead to what? Restoration of soul. So Lucy can become pure, whole, again. Praise the name of Allah. Lucy can be whole again. But God has to Take Lucy through that process, that, that green pastures, that still waters, Lucy making, making the Lord a shepherd, and the soul will be restored. But you see, the problem with a lot of people is that they say, the Lord is my shepherd, but I will continue to sleep around. The Lord can be your shepherd if you want to continue to sleep around. Why? Because the shepherd determines where the sheep goes. Praise the name of the Lord. It's like I like this side. Maybe I should just be preaching to these guys on this side. <laughs> the shepherd determines where the sheep goes. The sheep wants to go to a compromising place, the shepherd says, don't go. What does the sheep do? The sheep stays. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. If you will just sit down and just let us sink into your spirit, that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, can you imagine the temple of the Holy Spirit being touched by? You cannot. I can't. I cringe. No, don't touch me. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. And that is, listen, every one of us is anointed. That is what can sustain your anointing. It's the purity of your life that can sustain your anointing. Why? Because your body 
is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And more often than not, when, when we talk about these things, many of us, um, many people think, oh, God wants to deprive me of something. God wants to deprive me of pleasure. God, God wants to deprive me of this. God wants to deprive me of that. You see, God wants to say to you today that he doesn't want to take anything from you. In fact, he wants to give all to you. God doesn't want to take from you. God wants to give to you. He does. So God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for, for you. He wants something for you. Look at Jesus. Before Jesus asked for all, before Jesus asked for you and I to give our all, Jesus gave his all. So before Jesus said to you and I, come and follow me, come and give me your life, what did he do? He gave his life. He gave his life for you and I. So that you and I can give our lives to him. And many times, you know, that is where people have a form of godliness and their lives don't measure up. Why? Because they don't give their all to Jesus. Jesus is the Lord of their, of their head. Jesus is the Lord of their hands. But Jesus is not the Lord of their you know what? Jesus is the Lord of their academic life and their financial life. Jesus is not the Lord of their sexual life. I want to close with a story of a ruler. And this ruler, this ruler's son, loved the wife, uh, the daughter of another ruler. And the daughter of the other ruler and the son are Christians. Now, the father of the bride says, I'm not going to give my daughter to anyone whose father is not a Christian. So the king came down, but we are friends. This is about, we are friends, but I won't give my daughter to your son if, 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 if you don't become a Christian. And the king says, ah, but my son loves your daughter. says, but I will not give my daughter to your son until you become a Christian. And the king said, okay, I will become a Christian. So the king, becoming a Christian, got baptized. We are going to have baptism today, by the way. Praise the name of the Lord. And we are really excited about that. Got baptized. And, you know, if, back in the day, if a king has declares a faith, everyone, all his mercenaries, all his hit guys, must all join that faith, right? So all of them, 200 of them, now had to be Christians. 200 Bad guys that kill people at will had to be Christians. So they're like, how do we do this work? We are mercenaries. How do we still have our sword and kill people? Innocent people, by the way. And still become Christians. Then they came up with a strategy. They said, we become Christians. Take us to the pool, to the river. So 200 people, 200 priests were going to baptize 200 mercenary soldiers. So when we want to baptize them, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, they all removed their sword up and go out of the water and they came out of the water with their sword unbaptized. <laughs> and they said that at least this ham and this sword is not baptized. The remaining part of my body is born again. But this sword can still kill people. Because he's not baptized. I mean, how does that just sound funny and ridiculous? And that's how a lot of us want to live our lives. We want Jesus to be Lord of one part of our lives, but we don't want to submit another part of our lives to him. 
We want Jesus to be Lord of our financial life because we know what he holds financially. We want Jesus to be in charge of our health because we know what he holds in our health, but we don't want to submit our sexuality. Why? Because we want to eat our cake and have it. Then we complain that, oh, God is not doing this. Oh, God is not that. Oh, God is not this. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. I want us to pray. I want us to ponder. God wants sex to be pleasurable and pure. God wants sex to be pure and pleasurable. I want us to talk to God. I want us to talk to God. While we are talking to God, you see, I want to pray with a group of people here. And it is important that we do this discreetly. If you are here, you are saying, Pastor, if I must confess, Jesus is not the Lord of my life. All of my life. I'm like that soldier that has one hand up, refusing to baptize one hand. But pray with me today. I want this hand to be surrendered to Jesus. It could be this topic of today, our sexuality. Now, I don't need you to come forward. I know that. I don't need you to come forward. But, but I need to pray with you wherever you are sitting. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to submit my life, including my sexuality. Jesus is not the Lord of all my life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of all my life. Pray with me. That is you. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now over your head. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. 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 God bless you, my sister. Over there. God bless you. Another hand at the back. God bless you. Another hand at the back. Two hands at the back. God bless you, sir. God bless you, that. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. That is me. I want to submit. God bless you. That is me. That is me. Jesus is not the Lord. God bless you over there. That is me. Jesus is not the Lord of all my life. God bless you at the back. God bless you. That is me. Jesus is not the Lord of all my life. I don't care if you are an usher. If, if, you, if you are even in the choir, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you better let's sort this thing out once and for all. You put up that hands now and we are going to pray. That is me. Put up that hand over your head now. I will pray. That is me. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well at that corner. God bless you. Put it up well. God bless you, right? Right there, man. God bless you. I can see that hand. God bless you, right there. My brother, God bless you. If you have the card, you can put down the hand. It's okay. God bless you. Jesus is not the Lord of all of my life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of all of my life. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for everyone that has surrendered to you today. We are surrendering our lives, every department, every compartment of our lives to you today. Cleanse us totally. Cleanse us totally. Change our lives. Make us 100% pure and 100% yours. Everyone in this place that is surrendering to God, that has been held down by a demonic spirit, Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be clean separation today in the name of Jesus. Empower everyone that is surrendering to you today to live for you and become all that you have designed them to be. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. So still let's um, kindly bow our hearts as we bow our heads. I want to pray with you. You, you. you are saying, you know you're a Christian, but you are struggling with the filth of the past. You are struggling really hard you've not really come clean as it were with the filth of the past that's one secondly you are fragmented 
You know, when we talk about Lucy, you're like, Pastor, that is me. That is me. I want to pray with you. It may be a male Lucy or a female Lucy. You are saved. You know you are saved. The issue is not about being born again. I want you to stand on your feet. I want to pray with you. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. Don't worry about anybody standing. Just focus. You focus on God. You focus on God. God bless you as you're standing. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The word of God says, Purge me with Aesop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. If you are sitting down, I want you to just pray in tongues if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's just pray in other tongues. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, let's just say, Father, I lift up everyone standing before you, Lord. Let there be a cleansing that only you can do. From the depth of these souls and these spirits. Oh, Father, let there be a cleansing. Let there be a cleansing, oh God of heaven. Let there be a cleansing, my Father. Let there be a cleansing, oh God. Let there be a cleansing. Let there be total freedom and total deliverance. Father, we pray for everyone standing in the name of Jesus. We thank you that the work of restoration has begun in his lives. We ask that you lead them to green pastures. Lead them beside still waters. Restore their soul. Let there be entanglements. Be surgically removed by your spirit. Let the separation from every hold Happen now, my Father. Let there be healing. Let there be total restoration. And let your name be glorified.